Hello and welcome back to the N17 podcast. My name's Cosmo and tonight it's a bit of a special, bit of a one-off. Um, it's just me and Eddie tonight. Uh, surprisingly, the yeah, surprisingly, no one wanted to come on the pod. I mean, I, I can't I can't think why. <laughs> I can't think of any reason why. Yeah, Especially yeah. since, uh, you know, we haven't recorded after Northampton game and now we're recording straight after the Untrack Frankfurt game. I know. We, we really should have got something out on Sunday, but... Um, schedules didn't align and then monday we were going to do something couldn't do it so we're like okay let's do it tuesday and i think one of the worries was or maybe worries not the right word but we were thinking you know maybe if we beat frankfurt then we're going to kind of like gloss over what happened at arsenal and we're not getting something out we're not fronting up but i mean that was a bit of a continuation of, of of this whole season really i think um and I, I don't know if this is me being dramatic, if this is me being negative, but I don't like watching us play football at the moment, Eddie. I, I don't I don't enjoy watching us play football. And um one of the weird thing is is that I just went down to turn down turn off uh my my stream because it came back on at like sixty volume. Um and you can hear it upstairs, you can hear genus. And Hargreaves, two people you don't really want to hear the best times. And they were saying it was a good performance. Right. I, I mean... I wanna, yeah, definitely finished your point, but I want to jump on that. Well, I was, I was kind of going to end it on that. I mean, well, I mean, have they been watching a different game? Is it because we're fans that we're too emotionally invested? I mean, what is that about? So I think, yeah, let's structure it in the way that we were at to Eintracht Frankfurt and then go back to the Arsenal game. I think I'm genuinely surprised slash slightly worried, slash bemused that for some reason the commentary team as well as the punditry team seemed to think that was a better performance than the Arsenal performance. I would say they're about on par. In fact, I would probably say that this performance is more worrying than the Arsenal one. Um, And I have like a few reasons for that. Firstly, I think the Arsenal performance is on a knife's edge that red card really swings the game for me. Um, Because if you look at the first half and the balance of play, we had so many chances uh, that in order to penetrate, we didn't penetrate. So many chances where that final ball was severely lacking, that finesse, that kind of um, accuracy, that crispness of pass was severely missing, uh, severely lacking. Missing partly because, you know, Kulisevsky is key to that. His decision-making and his delivery of final third passes is so good that we kind of forget how much we miss it when he's not in the team, Um, especially when we can't even bring him on because obviously earlier in the season we were dropping him. Um, But I thought today was so much worse because it was 11 v 11. I thought on the balance of play, we were the much better team, much better build-up much more technically gifted players on the pitch and we just looked toothless. Um, I I didn't look at the final stats of the game, but I can't remember a shot on target. There's maybe one or two. One or two where where we were trying to tap it in and there was a block. But really, there were basically no clear shots on target. Um, The the build-up play was so toothless don't think we look dangerous at all. And we could have afforded 
to play with more freedom or, or play with more bravery. And we just chose not to. It was genuine. Genuinely, we chose not to because they were there for the taking. I don't think we needed to play as conservatively as we did. But, and as we're going to probably go on to it later, with key positions in the pitch, we're just losing so much for the lack of quality in those positions. Yeah, 100%. And like, one of my problems with, you mentioned in both games, is is the final ball. Um and people were saying, oh, like we're getting into good positions, but we're not playing that that final ball and it's gonna come. But I'm I'm just I'm getting frustrated with the the reliance in this in this team, the reliance in the system of just complete perfectionism because we we seem to, especially against when we play a good team like Arsenal, we seem to have one good chance for every three big chances or decent chances they have. And for that to actually come off, you're you're getting the ball to Son, essentially. It usually happens with Son. You're getting the ball to Son. He hasn't had the ball for what feels like five minutes. And he's got to, at pace, execute a brilliant pass, like visit into someone's feet. And it's just like, it just doesn't feel like a sustainable way of playing football. It doesn't feel like a way of building up. Another frustration of mine um, is just not, playing with a midfield. Uh, I, I can't help but notice it every game. The fact that we're only using two midfielders, their purpose in the team is not to maintain possession or, or keep the ball. It's just to quickly transition things and, and make tackles. And to an extent, it worked last season. Um, and we were a lot better on the transition last season. But I mean, in this game, I feel like I'm noticing it more, but the amount of turnovers where... Bentancur will probably be near the attack. And then you've got Hoybier basically covering near centre-back. And it's just, there's so much open space in the middle. I, I think Jed said it in the chat. No other team plays like this. Um, and it's just, it's bizarre to watch. And it, it, I don't find it fun to watch. And I feel like, as as you were touching on as well, like maybe it would be better if... <laughs> If we didn't have Emerson, if we didn't have Emerson, maybe things would be better because yeah. the guy is just, the guy is just crap. And I, I, I'm, I've got to the point where I don't even feel bad for like kind of slagging him off anymore. It's a massive problem. Um, I think there's so many players that, that could actually do a better job in his position than him. Um, we were having a chat with, with Jed the other day and it was almost like it was a little bit, as a laugh, but we were saying like how many right wing backs from the Premier League could you pick that would play ahead of Emerson? And there was just so many. And I think we even, we even got it down to, no, it wasn't even just the Premier League. It was just England fullbacks. England fullbacks. Just, just England fullbacks. And it, we, we had Emerson as like the eighth or ninth choice England fullback. Um, yeah. I think the, I think the cutoff point was, Luke Ayling, maybe James Justin. Yeah, Luke Ayling was a little bit of a debatable one. I don't. Okay, okay, okay. I think they're Luke both Ayling. pretty bad, aren't they? They're both pretty bad. But um, yeah. I mean, Conte kind of touched again on the fact that he doesn't really want Spence in the team. Um, Definitely doesn't want Doherty. Yeah, I prefer. I prefer not. To, I don't want to lose. Like, yeah. What do you make of it? What do you make of this? Um, and what do you make of Perisic as well? Actually, because. He hasn't been um, 
completely you know yeah. on form okay so yeah i think wing backs is is an important is an important thing to touch on because um the two what i was talking about earlier was um about positions where we desperately need players to be at the top of their game and when we don't have the players in, uh, in those positions playing well then the team just falls apart so the 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 two or three positions i think are key to this are right uh right wing uh right wing back uh center midfield one of them and the other left wing back and if you look at the 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 play today i think those four positions were where we surrendered so much of the ball and so much creativity um i think perisic this is what we have to come to deal with, uh, come to grips with perisic experienced player good player on the ball good from dead uh, dead balls can beat a man and put in a cross which he did do today but the guy's 33 we actually can't he actually can't keep this level up every game for the whole season it's just not possible and so there are going to be games where the intensity is less high because he has to look after his body and every the times where he did get up the pitch and put in a ball no one's attacking it no one's brave enough no uh, um no one is is reading perisic and so his effort when he does make the effort feels like it's it, it doesn't it doesn't amount to anything because no one's attacking the ball and then when it comes to emerson on the other hand on, on the other side and yeah i mean every time like it's almost laughable but whenever he gets the ball on the other hand on the other hand no one's making that run no one trusts the ball to come in with any kind of quality when the ball does come in it's severely overhit every single ball today was overhit even if it was a drill across the box he's hitting it way too hard the reason why that is is because he doesn't have the quality or the uh, courage to look for someone, and and it looks like whenever he gets into the final third, whatever goes in the box goes in the box. It's up to the attackers. It's not his. It's not his business. And you don't see that from decent fullbacks. You don't look at the city performance on the weekend when um, when. Their, their their second choice left back comes that on. Bloke, that bloke. Um, yeah, it's I, Gomez. I actually can't remember his name right now. I think it's Gomez. I think it's Gomez. And uh, and he he whipped in a beautiful uh, driven pass pass to Haaland to complete his hat trick, um, or to get the second goal. No, I think it was to complete his hat trick. And that's the difference between a fullback that's looking for a player in the box. And a fullback that is just crossing it. And at the moment, neither of our wingbacks are actually looking for players. But at least with Perisic, there's a bit of quality. With Emerson, there's been no quality so far. And it's becoming increasingly frustrating because even when players are in the box or trying to get into the box, he's basically given them an impossible task. And so that's been super frustrating to watch. And then you think to yourself, Doherty in those positions, he puts in the better cross. Spence at this point is an unknown quantity, but at least for when we saw him for Nottingham, he, he looked to be fairly decent in, in the final third. Maybe not brilliant, but you think between those two, 
There's just much more end product. And, and today, Emerson didn't have to do that much defending. And so when, when he haven't, hasn't got that much defending to do and his actual primary function is to get higher up the pitch, because we actually played in a way where Emerson, his starting position was basically, uh, you know, halfway into the, the, the opposition's half because uh, one of our centre-backs was coming up, going into a right centre-back position. That means Romero comes out into essentially a right-back position. And Emerson's playing as a winger yep. for two reasons. One is because we were able to create an overload. But secondly, it's because, and now we can go on to the second uh, or third position that's a problem, Richardson's not a winger. He's just not. So we, we want Richardson more narrow, which means Emerson has to go higher and wider, which means he got the ball more often, but did nothing with it. And Richardson's not comfortable on the right-hand side. And this is why when Kulisewski's out, we have a massive problem because Richardson's not comfortable on the right. Son is never going to be dragged off the left just to com- uh, uh, to compensate for that. And yeah. so and so when we're missing Kulisewski, the drop-off in quality at, at, at right wing is astronomical, just in terms of someone who can actually perform in that position. Yeah, it, and it's definitely not Richardson's fault because, like, I mean, even when we just brought him in, we, we said he's going to be a backup for Son and a rotation for Kane. That's his position. I don't think anyone expected him to come in as a right winger and like maybe in a different kind of 4-3-3, maybe in a sort of like a Liverpool 4-3-3 or something, you can have those three attackers. But when you play a midfield that does not really create anything and we've got used to playing with Kulisevsky, that rotation just does not work. So I kind of think it's it's not even his fault to an extent, but he was... I thought he was poor today. I put it in the chat. I was like, "This he's been poor for a number of games now. Um, and I actually did think what what could really hurt us if we if we were to swap Richardson and, and Son for a little bit and just, just see what happens. Um, on that, <laughs> another poor performance from Son. Um, he had his little, little Philip in form against uh, Leicester. Um, but it's, it's, it's kind of it's a return to him kind of overthinking. I think like the touch was so off. The pass was off against Arsenal as well. Um, and then the finishes today, he's just trying to smash it into the top corner. And it's, it seems a bit unnecessary to, to me. Um, Kane, Kane, I found frustrating today as well because I really want him. And this is a criticism I have of him quite often. I want him to step up more in games where the team looks poor. Um, and I just feel like sometimes he he, he doesn't. Uh, it feels a bit ridiculous, given the fact that he's closing down on Jimmy Greaves' record. He is excellent um, in terms of like his output usually. And then, you know, there'll be these games where you'd be like, oh, Kane wasn't that great today. And then there'll be a montage of like these amazing passes that he's done. But sometimes I want him to be a bit more clutch. Do you think that's that's unfair or do you think that's a fair criticism? I think it's in, going to be increasingly difficult for him in the Conte side. Um, like very specifically in the Conte side, the reason for that is because I think that Conte, when Conte came in, he was like, Kane needs to play higher up the pitch. Can you play higher up the pitch? We want him to play higher up the pitch. You still there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You still yeah. there? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Conte wants him to play higher up the pitch. That's what he said when he came into into the into the Spurs side, or when he came to manage the Spurs side. And so Kane doesn't really have as much license to drop deep because we like because we play the way that we play. I don't think there's as much space for him to drop deep as well. And so I think the way Kane can kind of drag us to victory or be more clutch is when he does drop deep and try and dictate the game. We don't like seeing it because we don't want him to be outside the box because he's such a good finisher. But at the same time, you can't really dictate a game or grab the game out of the scruff of the neck if you're playing as a focal point. At least it's very hard. Like, you have to rely on then the people around you to do all the running. To you have to rely on everyone to 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 be out there their best around you when you do drop deep, and that's just it's asking a lot because this team isn't playing well. And so if you take Kane out of that front three to try and dictate the game, you lose someone in 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 the box. All of a sudden, you've got you know Emerson trying to put in a cross for Son and our left wing back, and that's going to be a problem. Then people are going to say, what, what, like, who Kane should be in the box? Well, Kane started the move. He can't start the move and then finish the move every single time. So I do agree that like it's frustrating because we are starting to see him not have the best games, have half chances, chances that you expect him to at least hit on target. And sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. And I think his bad games are not as noticeable as like Sons or Emerson's or like or, or anyone else for that matter but it's when he's consistently putting in like a you know five out of ten and you're like where where is what like where, where are we going to win games because if Son's not paying well and Kane's dropping not a stinker but just a bit of anonymous performance then we really do have no one who's going to take the game by a scruff of the neck and that's going to be a problem going forward if if the pattern of the game is going to end up going like this again and again and again. And I think we can kind of then take it back to the Arsenal game because uh, both of them, both of them, Kane and Son, were pocketed that game, in my opinion. There were brief moments where, um, where Kane and Son had chances to break and, you know, it looked like they, they hadn't had the ball for so long that they just panicked. Mm. And, and yeah. it just it was just so poor from a from a like a basic standpoint keeping the ball like as a as as attackers especially Kane as a striker some of the most basic things you learn is like like picking up the ball with your ball to with your back to goal and protecting the ball and laying it off and for some reason this season especially we seem way too reliant on flicking it around the corner. And yep. We just, we've lost the ball so often this season because of it. Yeah. Um, I suppose we should, we should come on to the, to the Arsenal game. Um, probably. Um, yeah. I, how did you, how did you kind of consume the game? How did you kind of, take it all in because uh I, I had a few whatsapp messages from you early in the early hours of saturday morning um yeah so i i assumed you didn't have the best time watching it. i mean I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, I feel I'm like sorry. my my own experience <laughs> went down in in group chat infinitely yeah, yeah, yeah. as well 
Well, I mean, you go first. You go. Well, yeah, because well, we were gonna, we were all gonna meet at the pub. We were all like, okay, let's close ranks. The Gooners are really up for this. Let's all watch it together. Um, and you know, let's let's have a bit of of kind of unity here. Um, and then got to the pub. Uh, it was just me and my cousin Louis. Shout out Louis. Um, Jed's got stuck in some mad traffic. I think his plane got delayed or something on the way back from can't remember where it was Greece or somewhere but anyway Jed got delayed he was stuck in mad traffic uh him and his mate Gavin came um like I think at, at half time where Spurs were turning it around a little bit like going into that second half like I thought we were doing all right um but this basically I'm doing sober October this year so that that was my that was my last day of the month um because yeah unfortunately did fall within october but i was like i can't be sober for this i need i need to actually <laughs> sounds bad but second, yeah. I, I i need i need something to get me through this and just as the game fell apart and fell apart i just had you know more and more libation i suppose you would call it i hope that's the right word i, hope I haven't <laughs> made, a, made a reference to fellatio or something but um yeah and in that moment i think when when i'd had a fair few guinnesses i i said that that foul that the decision to send off emerson royale was the worst thing i'd I'd ever seen in my life the worst refereeing decision i'd ever seen i still haven't watched it back i watched it back once um in the pub and then i start i don't know i kind of just you immediately soften your stance no, no, I hardened it because I said I wanted <laughs> Jed to come and meet me at the, not Jed, sorry, Glenn to come and meet me at the pub. Shirtless. And we a, shirtless and we could have a fight outside the kebab van, which um, is is parts outside the, the pub. That's the kind of establishment we were in. Um, and yeah, I, I was willing to fight anyone that thought I was a right card. To be fair, since then, I still haven't watched the video back. I, I, I'm not I'm not watching anything from that game back. So that game is a right card is dead to me but um i've seen freeze frames okay it looks quite bad on the freeze frame but i would say i've never seen someone sent off for a standing tackle ever i don't think so you know half of yeah you know six six, yeah whatever whatever that say whatever that saying is um right yeah i'm I before we recorded this podcast, I was like, "How much do I want to reveal about myself in terms of watching that Arsenal game? How much am I?" Be careful because I'm not going to edit this, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, "How much am I going to let people and the the, the listeners like, you know, peek behind the curtain?" Um, Yeah, I didn't go watch a game at at a pub with everyone. Um, I texted the boys at like seven a.m. being like. Just got in, looking a bit hairy uh, for for the lunchtime kickoff for an early kickoff. Um, yeah, didn't end up going. Um, and the like by the time kickoff started, um, just the game was compounded by the fact that let's say I was recovering from a lack of serotonin. I think that's the best way. That's 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 the way I'm going to put it. Um, a severe lack of serotonin. Um, worth it. Uh, also, just this is going to be a completely random shout out, but shout out to Skin on Skin. If you guys like music, just check out his boiler room. It's amazing. Skin on skin that's is um, so that's who we saw on Friday. Anyways, 
um, the game started and we said this in the podcast before the, this one, the one that was released before this one, that early kickoff, North London derby away from home, it's almost nailed on to be a bad result. But I, I never have any confidence with early kickoffs. Don't like watching us on BT Sport. Never like watching us on BT Sport. Um, and uh, uh, a North London derby away from home, it's just not a, uh, not a fixture that we've been historically very strong in. Um, and then as soon as you go 1-0 down, the, it feels like the writing's on the wall. Um, and to our credit, the players did fight back. And I did think that, like, in terms of possession, balance of play, the balance of the, the half, it was an even-ish half. They started the much better team. We came back into it, ended on a fairly even keel um, at half time. I thought, in terms of the balance of play. But then we come out slow again and it's just same old Spurs. That's what I felt watching it. It felt like we never start games with enough aggression. We never start games with enough uh, vivacity. We never start games with that kind of desire to win the first tackle, win the first, uh, win the first header win those second balls, get aggressive high up the pitch. Every team seems, every team seems to do it against us, home or away. And it's becoming very frustrating, becoming extremely frustrating, actually, um, to, to see us do it again and again. And I think partly it's to do with the fact that, you know, tactically we, we play with a medium, to, like medium to low block. And so we, like, it's, it's just not in our nature to, to press high up the pitch. And then secondly, it's to what we were talking about before. Our midfield is just not built to press because mm-hmm. as soon as one midfielder goes to press, we've got one midfielder covering that whole midfield. And so we just surrender possession. We don't press with enough intensity. And then we allow teams to, to, to pile onto us. And when it's yeah. teams like Arsenal, City, Chelsea, teams with actual quality who can move the ball, then we're just always going to be in trouble. We're always going to be in trouble. And, and, and this this is another thing I want to add to it. It's not just those good teams you mentioned. Most teams play just with like a high, high press yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, carry on, carry on. No, literally just like, not just those those quality teams, but even teams that don't have that quality, they press high at least. So so they, they make our defenders, our midfielders, put them in uncomfortable positions. And if they win the ball high enough, you don't need incredible quality to get something out of that. You just need to be clinical. You just need to make one good pass or one good decision and you're in on our goal. And that's just, when you when you have the players that we do have, in terms of we have Basuma there, we have Kane, we have Son, we have Perisic, we have Spence Authority, we have three solid centre-backs, it just seems that a 3-5-2 would be perfect. And so this dedication, this slavish dedication to the 3-4-3, or in my opinion, a 5-2-3, is really starting to hurt us, I think. It's really starting to hurt us. Yeah, and I think that's what I found worrying about the press conference when Conte kind of came out and he was like, he kind of just doubled down and he's like, you know, 
fans have to accept that they're fans. And I see these people in training every week and then he throws Doherty and Spence under the bus. It's just like, these are not good. These are not good signs, man. And I'm like, I'm seeing stuff on Twitter. I'm seeing like the early rumblings of, of, of kind of, of, of a sizable minority of people kind of like kind of turning on him. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm not, I'm definitely, I'm nowhere near Conte out, but I, I want to bring up something that Jed said to me when we were in the pub and kind of, you know, saying, why are we so shit? Why does this happen every year? When you then have the, the the image of City held up to you and you have Erling Haaland, who scored 14 Premier League goals already, and you know you're not going to win the league, why are we playing football that causes us to suffer so much and it's just to be frank just so bad to watch just so bad to watch um it's it's almost like an existential question at a moment and you've got to Arsenal fans are kind of right now um they're going through what we kind of had like with with Poch in a way where like they feel very close to this team this young team um young exciting high press team uh who i mean they came out in that first half and it was crazy i was like oh my god we need to just get through the first 10 minutes like the amount they pressed us the amount of trouble they gave us um yeah it was mad and like they it's it's kind of sad that they have that connection that kind of like we almost had to watch and i just feel like this right now is starting to feel like jose by other means and it's almost potentially because I feel feel like Levy's in a in a death grip between him and Kane and and Son to an extent, and he just wants to keep those two happy, and it's it's caused us to get these like win now managers in when we don't have a team to win now. I think that's probably the issue. We have two big superstars, and then we just have a bunch of okay to decent players, but like it's not enough. It's not enough. And it doesn't, the, 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 the ends are not justifying the means right now, basically. Yeah. I think, um, I think the worrying thing for me was when Kulisevsky got injured, which we clearly can see as a massive loss. To me, the logical step was to go to a three, five, two. It just made sense with the players that were fit. We have five fit center midfielders in skip, Saar, Bissouma, Hoiberg, Bentoncourt, all of whom, with maybe the exception of Saar, I could comfortably go into that Spurs team, in my opinion. So we have five fit centre uh, centre midfielders. We have three fit attackers that can that really should be playing. I don't count Hill because he's just he's just nowhere near that first team, even though he had a bit of a cameo today. Lucas is out, um, you know, we don't know when he's coming back. Kulisewski, that's going to be a worry because Conte doesn't seem to know when he's coming back. Why persist with the 3-4-3? Three, three? Richardson's clearly uncomfortable in that in that right-wing mid uh, position. When we switched to a 3-5-2 three, uh, against Leicester, we looked quality. That's the second yeah. thing. We looked so comfortable in the ball. Basuma looked good. We looked solid in midfield. We were actually able to press because we weren't 
leaving gaps in midfield. That's that's second. And third, what? So what? Uh, Hoiberg and Benzko are just going to play every game this season. Every game, 90 minutes each. Is that is that what we're looking oh. at? Because that's unsustainable as well. One of them is going to get injured. Look, and that's going to be a massive loss for us. Because then the people that come in haven't played 10 minutes between them. Yeah, It, it feels like we, we started the season... We said, was this a good window? We said it was a good window. It wasn't a great window. But we discounted it because of the lack of outgoings, not because of the incomings, especially the incomings of Bissouma and Richarlison. But we're not seeing Bissouma and Richarlison being forced out into a position that he doesn't, he's not comfortable in. And all of a sudden it's like, well, these options are shit. And that's not true, but we're not playing them and we're not playing to our strength, our squad strengths. And I don't think we have a lack of depth in this squad. We just have a manager who doesn't want to use it in a way that makes sense. Now, far be it from me, I'm not pay, being paid 15 million a year to manage this Spurs side. But I think anyone can see that our strengths lie in a midfield three of Bentancur, Basuma, and Hobier. Just on paper, that just fills me with so with so much more confidence than the midfield that we're playing now of, of a two when we're always playing, always coming up against a three. And and a, a, a front two of Kane and, and Son, who come on, they're not an unknown quantity. We saw under we saw under Conte and under uh, Jose that those two can play up by themselves comfortably. They even thrive when they're playing as a two. Well, this this is the thing that I wanted to say as well. So does Richarlison because I think he played some of his best football at Everton when he was when he was playing Dominic. as a centre forward or with someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go to a three-five-two. Not only do you improve the midfield, not only do you have a midfield that functions as a recognisable midfield that can control possession, that can keep the ball, but you re- you definitely revitalise Son. You probably revitalise Kane because, as he touched on earlier, he's got no one near to him. And then he's got Son near to running off him, make people making runs. The wing backs they can actually push on a bit more because the midfield can cover them. So you got options there. But then when you bring Richarlison off the bench, you have a revitalised Richarlison as well. And I think that was one of the things that disappointed me so much in that derby was the the fact that we started in a three four three. It was almost like putting all our cards on the table because then you look to the bench. And you don't have anyone to bring on. And then you have that absolute mess that occurred. And I'm sorry, but I actually think it was a disgrace that we were 3-1 down in a derby. I know that we had 10 men, but for Conte to just give up and put all those defenders in, I thought it was a disgrace. Um, And I just, you know, at that point, I basically stopped watching and we just kind of chatted amongst ourselves in hopes that Arsenal wouldn't score any more goals, which is literally the antithesis of what you want in a derby. Um but I'm I'm looking at the I'm looking at the meeting time. We don't have that long left. Um I think we will keep it kind of short today. Uh but I want to know how 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 do you deal with a a massive Spurs defeat or a or a kind of a, a derby day defeat or what was your what was your what did you do? Did you did you uh Chill out, I, um, watch some films, forget about football. What's, what's your I uh, clean the bathroom. Nice, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I had a nap and then 
I'll watch something in the evening. Oh no, I bought FIFA 22. So that was, that was that was my that was my um, that was my therapy. Clean the bathroom, nice. then bought FIFA 23 and played that. Sometimes um, I feel like I can't even play FIFA after Spurs have had a bad loss. Like I just don't want to think about football at all. I I am um, yeah yeah that too to be fair. But I think. Um, I hate losing early kickoffs because it just kind of feels like it's ruined my weekend. I don't mm. want to a. I don't want to watch any more football that weekend. Yeah, I barely. I didn't watch the city game. Like even when I saw the score, I just didn't watch it. Um, and yeah, I just couldn't be bothered for any more football that weekend. I think um, knowing that I'm going to be able to talk about the game kind of like actually makes me feel better. This mm-hmm. it, I say this every time we come on after a loss. This feels like therapy because you're able to to like you're able to verbalize your thoughts and uh and so that's good so at least i have that um yeah. and then like the the, ne- the next thing is just looking to the next game um obviously the next game's come and gone not a terrible result um i guess we haven't really talked about the implications of it in terms of the group we're still in a decent position and we do have now two home games and so that's going to be positive hopefully the game on the weekend is positive and then we can look to closing out the Champions League group uh, and go through to knockout stages. Yeah, hope so. I mean, I still think it's quite finely poised, but I think as you say, like as long as we win those home games, I think we'll be all right. Should be all right. Um, Brighton away. They apparently were excellent against Liverpool. I mean, yeah, I did the same as you. I pretended that football didn't exist. Um, when I was three, at three, the ropey result though. Yeah, I mean, but apparently they should have won like six three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the fact that they that this Deserby has a reputation for like scoring a lot of goals and conceding a lot of goals. Hopefully, we can hit him on the counter. But w- when our team is passing like they're wearing like boots made in the eighteen hundreds, I don't know. I, I just don't know if that's a possibility right now. With, you know? with pig leather boots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, picking a kicking a gallbladder around. I mean, it we'll was a, it was a bad performance, but I do think that we do have the quality to 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 beat a Brighton side that's looking for a new identity. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. But Eddie, thank you. This was cathartic. Um, it's good to get. Are you going to go back and watch that red card now, or are you just going to erase it from your mind? No, 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 no. Yeah. You have to watch him this week. There's a lot of stuff from from North London derbies that have gone past, and I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Like I just, <laughs> I I completely wipe it from my mind. Good, uh, good. I think that's bad. a bad result. Yeah, um, I I don't know what happened in that Nuno game last year. By the way, I didn't watch that. Good, good. Yeah, because I saw because I was out and about, and we went two 0 I think we went three 0 down quite quickly, and I just said, well, yeah, what's the, what's the point? I don't know what happened in that game, and yeah. Yes. So I kind of intend to do that again with the red card. Schrodinger's red card. Did it happen? <laughs> did it not? 